Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live right here on Sports Grid. This is the early line. Our number two, Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wright side with you. And at this time here on a Wednesday, we like to talk about some target prop players, people that we think could present some value over, under, perhaps some overreactions. Last week, we talked about, you know, what would they do with a Justin Fields rushing prop? And we found out that they were going to post it super high into the 50s there. It felt mm. like and under when we saw that number. We talked about buying low, Clyde Edwards-Alaire rushing prop. What do you know? The guy flirting with a triple-digit rushing total in that game against the Chargers. We're back at it again here. Donnie selected three guys. And, Donnie, I see you're starting off here with a running back who in prime time was nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found is correct here. And reactionary plays is what we like to call this, or at least that we want to take a look at some of the numbers that come out. So I'm going to start here with a Miles Sanders rushing prop for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now you say, now hold on here. You're going to talk about a rushing prop in a game that you're going to have to get into a shootout possibly with the Kansas City Chiefs? Yes, I am. Because as you saw last week, and again, getting the running game cranked up and running not necessarily indicative to winning football. You usually throw to set up your run because you're running later because you have a lead. It all makes sense. But you can't give one of your most talented players a few touches, particularly in a game where you got blown out against the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys don't have a great defense. You figured you had to outpass the Dallas Cowboys. That didn't work all that well. And, oh, yeah, this week, you're going up against a defense not all that talented here. But then again, from a front four perspective, you saw what the Dallas Cowboys did to the Philadelphia Eagles. We're able to get after Jalen Hurts and make his life miserable on Monday Night Football. So what do you usually like to do? Okay, Jalen, we're not going to hang out on an island. We know we're down three starters on the offensive line. Let's hand the football off. The perfect tonic. What team is that, Kevin? The Kansas City Chiefs. If we like stats like pro football focus, they are the worst run defense graded in the entire National Football League. So if I'm anticipated, Miles Sanders hearing it, telling the coaches, coach, get me involved. You can't go through Philadelphia sports radio without, you know, Nick Sirianni getting bombed on saying, what are you doing not running the football? If you listen to at the Kevin Walsh here on the Sports Grid Network, what are you doing, Eagles, not giving Miles Sanders any touches out of the backfield? He gets his touches this week. I'm looking for something. Kevin, my target strike zone here, give me something in the 60s or lower, and I'm signing up this week on Miles Sanders without any hesitation. That's just such a good shout. It's such a good shout. I saw Donnie pop that into the run, and I'm like, man, that's exactly what this is about here. Because if you look at Miles, right, against Atlanta in a win, 74 rush yards, against the Niners even in a loss, 55 rush yards there, now playing what has to be the worst run defense they would have seen this year. And again, coming off of the Dallas game, it's the perfect recipe. The lack of run plays against the Dallas Cowboys almost seemed like a bit. It really did. And I understand that they were trailing pretty early on, but it was an unnecessary run-pass split in that football game there. It's the kind of situation where you might hit this Miles Sanders prop in the first half just because they ensure he gets that kind of a workload based on the way things played out against the Dallas Cowboys. Again, I think that is... A tremendous, tremendous look there. Another guy that Donnie's looking at, the GOAT. And he's going back to Foxborough here. It almost feels self-explanatory. Donnie, but talk to me. What are you looking for for a Brady prop this week? 
Yeah, sometimes you look at just for pass yards and see how far they can go because we're also talking about, you know, Tom Brady throwing for, what, 70, 80 yards. He's going to set the all-time NFL record in passing yards, surpassing Drew Brees. That's going to get that, yes, but it's not as if, Kevin, he needs 361 yards to do it and he wants to do it in New England. Say, hey, man, fire me up on this over if we're looking at, you know, 289 yards or over, something like that from a passing prop. I'm looking at his touchdown prop, and the reason I am here, if we're looking to get Antonio Brown back this week, which it looks like he's possibly going to do that, you're going to have Mike Evans Godwin, you know, Rob Gronkowski a little bit banged up on the rib cage, but also, you know, Antonio Brown in the slot. So you're going to have everybody back. You're in New England. Let me ask you this question. And sometimes you can't just use conjecture because I know you always like to bring up the point, Le'Veon Bell with the Kansas City Chiefs playing against mm-hmm. his old team, no doubt in my mind, they get to the one-yard line, he's going to run it in. Andy Reid basically said, you know what, Le'Veon, I don't even want to play in this football game because I'm going to show you up against your old football team here. Not the case with Tom Brady. Let's play devil's advocate here inside the five-yard line. Are we handing the football off to Ronald Jones, who's nowhere to be found, to Leonard Fournette? It seemed like they don't even have a running back worthwhile. Giovanni Bernard looked like he was going to be that third down back out of the backfield. He's not looking to play this weekend, possibly with an injury as well. So if we're inside and we're looking to score, what better picture to paint? Tom Brady came home against a Bill Belichick defense and threw four touchdown passes or more. If you're hanging, which they typically do, Kevin, two and a half touchdown passes with a little bit of juice or maybe at a plus money number, that's the number Mm -hmm. I'm looking for here. Tom Brady's not sneaking it in at the one. Tom Brady's not handing the football off at the two-yard line. Tom Brady is throwing that ball, and you know who else might be the product of it? What a better way to start the football game, Kevin, at the five-yard line. Brady to Gronkowski, touchdown in New England for the Buccaneers. Again, the the Gronk number, Donnie, on the touchdown score, you'll it'll be reflected in the juice. But I love the approach to just let Brady control the keys here, because if you look at what he did week one, it was four passing touchdowns, and what what you look at what he did there in week two it was five passing touchdowns. And the only reason he didn't have a multi touchdown game against the Rams is because he ran one in himself. He is going to throw multiple touchdown passes and likely three, if not four, because I think they will pour it on the Pats this week there. Another great shout here for a target prop. And usually two and a half do check in at plus money. That would make that a nice play as well. One more guy to get to here for Donnie and a couple that I've pointed out. Keep it here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back right here on Sports Grid, going over some target prop players. And Donnie, you've got another quarterback here that you're interested to see where they hang a number for him heading into week four. 
Yeah, we got to see this. Now, I'm just going to read you some statistics here because I know where I'm going. We actually already showed the placard that came up on the screen, but I'm going to confuse you people once again. I have a quarterback after three games that has thrown 74% completions, 918 yards, which means 318 yards per game. He has eight touchdowns and no interceptions. No, 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 it's not Aaron Rodgers. This is Kirk Cousins here. This is regular season Kirk Cousins, including last week when everything it seemed like was going to be put on his back to try to beat the Seattle Seahawks, and he did. I'm trying to find another passing prop because you're going to get a good pass rush here from the Cleveland defense, but a little bit Mm. susceptible in the secondary. And if I do say you get a running mate with a good offense from the Cleveland Browns, that equates to yards here. You're in a dome environment. It's going to be good conditions here. You're at home. The crowd is going to be quiet. Hang me a number here, Kevin, under 300 yards passing. And I'm going to come around and check that one out this weekend. Kirk Cousins. Imagine that for me, Kevin. Kirk Cousins cousins here i am looking for a passing prop here on the weekend now i know you have a couple things lined up on this weekend as well one of the nice targets that we always look at and i think it's very astute is say how can i capitalize on an injury to another running back where i think the market share and usage share of my running back will make a difference and maybe heading to a defense that's not very good with the dallas cowboys Mm -hmm. is there any value down in carolina this week I think there has to be some value on Chuba Hubbard and specifically the rushing plus receiving prop. Christian McCaffrey is the epitome of a do-it-all running back. He is so good as both a rusher and a receiver. And his rushing plus receiving props typically check in over 130 total yards. The thing about Chuba Hubbard is he is nowhere near as good as Christian McCaffrey. And the prop should reflect that. But the interesting thing that we saw last year for the Carolina Panthers was when Mike Davis checked in for Christian McCaffrey and assumed a role that was pretty similar to Christian McCaffrey. Mike Davis was phenomenal for prop players and fantasy players alike. And if that Chuba Hubbard rushing plus receiving is in the 80-ish range, which again is going to be 50 yards south of where we typically see the lead running back for the Carolina Panthers have that prop posted, then there's going to be a ton of value, Donnie, on Hubbard overs this week heading against the Dallas Cowboys. All right, another one we'll take a look at. Typically, we're looking at rushing numbers here for a certain quarterback with Lamar Jackson, but now you're heading into playing a pretty formidable defense here in the Denver Broncos. Maybe you're getting some guys healthy back at the wide receiver position for the Baltimore Ravens. This is an interesting one to target here. Lamar Jackson's passing yards props. Now, from your angle, Kevin, are we looking at maybe a depressed market where we think that it's say, hey, Can he throw for over 212 and a half yards because it's the Denver Broncos and you're getting that buy low number where he's an electric quarterback? What is your viewpoint here with taking Lamar Jackson and thinking that the pricing yards props maybe to the over or even an under that you're looking at? So it's so to me important that you mention where the Lamar numbers typically are, which is 210 range, right? Maybe 220s, but unlikely. Lamar Jackson is right now on a three-game streak of over 230 passing yards at least to start this season. The last time Lamar did that, the opening stretch, first four games of his MVP year of 2019. I'm not telling he's going to win MVP. What I'm telling you is that Lamar didn't have a stretch like this all of last season. And props at times take a long time to come around there because Lamar is the kind of guy, despite being someone that we always want to back in the props market, aren't we typically looking towards rushing numbers? Donnie very astutely had pointed out the passing plus rushing number for Lamar against the Chiefs. And that was a pretty comfortable ride if you bet that. But I'm thinking here against this very talented Denver defense, Donnie, they're going to want to make Lamar a passer as much as they can. And thus far, he's been delivering on overpassing props 3-0 and to start the season. And if this number stays 
220 or less, I think it could very well be 4-0. Yeah, no, it's it's a good look here. And also, you're talking about an electric quarterback that we want him to step up in the passing game. He will have to pass to win in this football game because I do think the Denver Broncos will be able to move the football against them. And as I said, the good old proverbial running mate here. Let's take a look at another running mate here who has one. That is Kareem Hunt, and his running mate is Nick mm-hmm. Chubb. How about if we told you coming into the season that both of these guys would be really good running backs? Yeah, we already knew that here. But how about on the season after three games? Nick Chubb, five and a half yards per carry. But how about Kareem Hunt? 5.7 yards per carry. There's always enough to go around, and you get an ultra-talented running back that probably is going to see at least 10 touches out of the backfield. Is there a chance here that we're looking for a decent day out of Kareem Hunt and what his rushing prop number you're targeting here? And this is the thing about Kareem Hunt, because you say, you know, a decent day, Donnie. Well, what's a decent day for Kareem Hunt? Well, that all depends where the number is. This past Sunday, I bet a Kareem Hunt rushing prop of 34 and a half rushing yards. 34 and a half. Why is that the number? Because one of the top five running backs in the sport is ahead of Hunt on the depth chart. But that does not stop Kareem Hunt from getting his. Kareem Hunt, six carries for 33 rushing yards week one against the Kansas City Chiefs. Eventually, that game shifted. They couldn't run anymore, and you saw the ball get taken out of his hands. But against the Texans, 13 carries, 51 yards. And then against the Bears, 10 carries, 81 yards. Again, we talk about numbers just not being able to catch up here. They can't go from posting Kareem Hunt 34 and a half as a rushing prop to 50 and a half as a rushing prop. At least I don't believe they can. If they do, then that's why this is simply a target player. We want to see where they're going to post this number. But just keep it under the 50 mark here. And I think you're going to see Kareem Hunt to continue to demand a portion of this workload in the Browns backfield there because we I think you're still looking at a situation as it pertains to Nick Chubb where they don't want to overwork him in the fourth quarter he is so valuable deep into the season Nick Chubb is so valuable he's the kind of running back that can wear teams down and it's important then for the Browns to keep Kareem Hunt in the mix and that's exactly what they have done to open this season here. And we saw, by the way, the Minnesota Vikings look vulnerable against the run. Joe Mixon, well over 100 yards. Chris Carson, just this past week, on only 12 carries, chewed them up for 80 yards. Yes, Nick Chubb is the lead man of this group, Donnie, but Kareem Hunt, I think, is the one that presents the value. Yeah, you're right. And look at last week, right? What did he cover it on? Just about one carry late in that football game. Sometimes <laughs> you have these lower numbers, Kevin. And you remember when you picked out Saquon Barkley? Who's going to take a Saquon Barkley rushing prop to the over? And your comment was, he can get that on one carry if he just busts loose. The same thing with Kareem Hunt. And if you think they're going to win the football game, which they are a slight favorite in Minnesota, what are you doing at the end of the football game? Extra carries for your running backs here. You always get some value here with Hunt. I like where you're going with that one. And that's even why some of the quarterback rushing props to start this season I've found really, really interesting. Not to say that they've all been winners, but just this past week, Trevor Lawrence over. Arizona right now has been giving up quarterback rush yards. Wentz was a guy, you know, earlier in the season who we saw some value on. Obviously, now neither of his ankles really work. But those lower rushing totals where you could chew them up on one carry make a lot of sense when you go through the prop markets. Take a break, though, on props. We come back. We're talking some more early lines, including the Jets. Look at beat the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, probably not. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? 
That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back right here on Sports Grid. It's time to go through some early lines for week four while they're still fresh, still moving certainly throughout the week. But as we were hitting the break, I mentioned the Jets looking for their first win of the season. Survivor pool players, is your plan to just pick against the Jets every single week? It might be a good one. They're seven and a half point home dogs here to the set to, to the Tennessee Titans. The total is 45 and a half here, Donnie. Is this a a number that maybe settles on a on a flat seven, or is everyone just going to keep betting against the Jets? I don't know how it would settle on a flat seven, to be honest. Like, when we talk about, and sometimes there's a divide here. Most people just, you know, have the wrong notion that Sharps just play horrendous football teams and just say, I'm smarter than the public. That's not the case. Sharps take <laughs> the opposite side and the public side's quite a bit here, but it just makes yourself sound a little bit smarter. I don't know anybody in any way, shape, or form opens up you know, let's just say the Monday newspaper looks at the lines and says, you know what, it's Jets, this is the Jets week here. Because you look at what they've done so far. Now, they've played some pretty good defenses, I'll grant them that. They have been horrendous on offense. And when you look at a team having to cover the 7.5, hey, road team, 7.5, 8 points on the road, I always take the home team. I understand all that. But when you're dealing with a football team like the Jets, Kevin, it's not about winning a football game. It's not about scoring points. Sometimes in that locker room when you're trying to build the foundation, Robert Sala is sitting his team going down, can, can we just be confident? How about we move the football forward this week? How about on first down, our goal is to pick up three or more yards on first mm-hmm. down? How about our goal is to get in third and three or less at least ten times in this game? Whether or not we convert it, but at least put ourselves in the best positions. You see some of the team totals out here, 17 and a half for the Jets, and I scratch my head because our running joke last week was, now hold on here, the Jets are like a 14 as a team total. I would be shocked if they got to 10 points. You know what? They didn't get to any points in that football game. And it seemed like the week before, they were headed for no points as well against the New England Patriots. And they basically had no points in week one until the fourth quarter against the Carolina Panthers. So are we just anticipating that that number comes up and they're going to score 21 points in this game? I don't think so. But also on the opposite side, Tennessee will score. Tennessee doesn't have a great defense. But you don't need a great defense if your offense can't exploit anything you do. Maybe they get Jamison Crowder back this week to help them out at the wide receiver position. But in no way, shape, or form can I look for the Jets anyway in this game, team total or side, Kevin. And the thing is, when you have a bad team, right, you can still cover. The Texans covered against the Cleveland Browns, for example, despite their 10-point loss, even in a game where they lost Tyrod Taylor. The Jets have yet to cover a game. And if you look at the last two specifically, they've only scored six points over their last two games. They, it's getting really, really bad out there for the New York Jets. And I know Donnie talks about pain team totals. And the Jets at home right now, 17 and a half. Who knows? Perhaps you could find 16 and a half. Those are the kind that, that line up. But you're really at this point just taking a leap of faith probably with the Jets. However, aren't the Titans like the perfect defense for Zach Wilson to maybe, oh, I don't know, throw only one interception in the football game instead of two? I've looked at this total. It feels like a game that could be higher scoring than anticipated, even if it is a total carried by the Titans offense there against the Jets. Another game I really, really want to bring up here. 
the Dolphins and the Colts. Jacoby Brissett is a favorite over the Indianapolis Colts. I think we'll just become abundantly clear here. And in fact, the odds makers probably felt like they were proven right by the Dolphins' loss but cover against the Raiders is that they can book the Miami Dolphins, Donnie, as if Tua was still under center with Jacoby Brissett out there. Yeah, it seems like you're getting the same type of performance here. Now, you did lose the game last week, but a game effort by Jacoby Brissett. But having said that, you had a nice lead to start the game. That's when you should be putting up in the win column. The question is, what are we going to get out of the Colts? Carson Wentz on two sprained ankles. You know, it was admirable last week, but it was clear he wasn't his normal athletic self. And that offense stalled at the biggest moments, including a first and goal late in the fourth quarter to try to take the lead, get themselves back into the football game, had to settle for some field goals. So you flip it forward to this week. Colts going on the road. And the one thing that's out here two things actually opened up at two and a half here as a favorite towards the home team Miami Dolphins at the FanDuel Sportsbook that's now down to one and a half but how about the drop in the total Kevin and I agree with it here 45 and a half down to 42 and a half now you take a look and say well that's extremely low you still have weapons on mm-hmm. both sides but look at the way these offenses basically are operating now Jacoby Brissett under the helm that's not a big play offense not a high-flying offense for the Miami Dolphins Take a look at the Indianapolis Colts, Kevin, with Carson Wentz under center and two bad ankles. It's not a high-flying offense. There's not a lot of big plays going on. More of let's run the football here. Uh, let's use Naeem Hines out of the backfield. And on the flip side, you do have some nice wide receivers for the Dolphins, but it's Brissett. I'm going to look more to the check down or making the smart play as opposed to taking that one-on-one shot deep 45 yards down the field, which we saw last year that Ryan Fitzpatrick would do multiple times a game for the Miami Dolphins. I think it plays to the under, but again, I'm not ready. And this is me. Look, I have an over eight and a half for the Colts. They're already one game behind the eight ball to me. This should be a winnable football game, but are we going to Mm -hmm. trust the Colts yet? Yeah, they've been in some close games, but they have yet to win. And maybe that's just Carson Wentz's MO at this time. Keep the game close, but I can't win these games in the fourth quarter. The I'm glad you brought up the total because I saw 42 and a half. Wow, that's a low total. But context is also very important when it comes to that Raiders-Dolphins game in terms of the total. And I was someone who not only liked the over, but the alt-over made the card for my pick six. That game had 42 points in it with the benefit of a defensive touchdown with two seconds remaining in the game. Brissett then got the late touchdown. Then they got the conversion that pushed it to overtime. And then the very rare nine total points scored in overtime came in and got that game all the way up to 59 points put up on the board. You see why that total there is a 42 and a half. And also, just to mention, we did talk target props. It is worth noting, Carson Wentz ran the ball nine times the first two weeks of the season. Not a single rush attempt from him week three. I'll be interested to see if they even post Wentz rushing props. When you're taking a look here at this game against the Miami Dolphins, it might just be an area of his game that is going to be completely eliminated until further notice. Another game I wanted to bring up, Saints-Giants. The Saints are laying seven and a half against the Giants, but the most significant thing about this football game, Donnie, the New Orleans Saints returning home to the Superdome. This is the kind of game where I think people are going to look to load up on New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans defense on fire. Great performance last week heading up to New England to get that victory here. Also, we saw a great performance opening day against the Green Bay Packers as well. Now, yes, you are correct here. You're heading back to the Dome. It's going to be a sold-out environment. It's going to be loud. But the cap for me really doesn't come from New Orleans' side because I think the M.O. has changed over the past couple of years where more high-flying, Let's see if we can get some stops on defense. Now it's turned into, we know we're going to get stops on defense. Hey, Jameis, just be a game manager out here when we know you used to throw the football all over the place, both good and bad down in Tampa. And the formula seems to be working. So now if we line up here in the dome, it's going to be loud. You can't hear a horrendous offensive line for the New York Giants. And last year, I was wrong in the game where I picked the New York Giants to get over their team total. Now, expecting everybody to be back and healthy for that game. I thought it was going to be a boon for them versus Atlanta Falcons. Didn't happen. Why? They got injured and got injured fast right away. So now we're going to go down to the Dome, 
Daniel Jones at quarterback here, a porous offensive line, probably down Darius Slayton in one wide receiver position, Sterling Shepard at another, and Kenny Galladay always fighting his hip injury. So we're going to rely on Kadarius Toney to step up and dominate mm. in this game? I don't think so. Am I interested in taking teams over seven and a half? Probably not. But in the same way I'm talking about the New York Jets is the same way I'm going to explain the New York Giants. I just can't trust this team on offense right now. And you're taking a look at a Saints team at home with that emotion. They're the better football team. They're the better defense. They have the better quarterback. They have the better offensive coordinator. A lot of things going against the Giants, including injury in this one for me. I think the Saints can win this one by double digits. I do. The Saints look like a perfect teaser spot. Basically a pick. If you bring this down to, you know, one and a half, again, it's not exactly a pick, but it is right in that range. And it's one of those spots where even if you're not willing to lay seven and a half, you're not going to find many people that are willing to take seven and a half points there. Uh, I mean, how, switch the camera. There you go, boys. There you go, boys. Now, I also wanted to just bring up the total quickly, Donnie, as it pertains to the Saints specifically because I know you're always looking at the team totals here. What did we make of the Saints offense through three weeks of this season here? Like last week of pick six, Jameis Winston apparently is never going to throw for big yardage anymore. This is a Giants team you'd like to think they'd be able to pick on here. The total is very low. And again, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the Giants. But what about the Saints specifically? I'm not impressed with them just yet here. And the reason being is I love Alvin Kamara. I think they have a decent offensive line, even though that offensive line now getting banged up in New Orleans seems like a common theme around the NFL. But until they get Mike, you know, Michael Thomas back at the wide receiver position, they're just not explosive. When you take a look at team totals, you need some explosive plays. And coming into the season, what were we saying, Kevin, about New Orleans? Hey, look, if I don't have the best wide receivers and I still have Alvin Kamara and a good offensive line, Jamie Swinson is going to throw the football all over the place. He's going to throw it deep, short. They're going to move the football to Sean Payton offense. But after the first two weeks, I look at this team like, you know what? Maybe the big plays aren't there. And if they're not, Kevin, you can't survive on good defense and let's move the chains and see what happens and hope the other team makes a mistake. That is a deadly recipe for people like myself trying to take team total overs. You do get turnovers, which, hey, you know, you throw pick sixes, you throw turnovers in your own end zone. That leads to quick points from the other team, which means you get right back out on the field and have to play. Not impressed yet by the New Orleans offense, but they're doing exactly what they're supposed to, keeping their team in the game and leaning on that defense. Week four slate kicks in a high gear tomorrow with Thursday night football. But we pause the NFL. We switch over to a Major League Baseball board preview. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back right here on the early line. And it is the 
It's time to preview some Major League Baseball. Again, these series that we broke down yesterday still remain in action, and they are certainly the main events when it comes to the baseball board. We start in Toronto through the Blue Jays. Slight money line dogs against the Yankees. Garrett Cole, Jose Barrios, a total of eight. Donnie, the Toronto Blue Jays in a must-win situation. Yankees, you could probably say the same. They've got Garrett Cole. The Blue Jays got Barrios. Yeah, all hands on deck for this one. I like this matchup here. Not particularly from a hitting perspective on both sides, Kevin, but from a pitching perspective on both sides. Barrios comes into this game over the past 30 days with an XFIP of under four, strikeout rate over about 29% of the batters that he's faced. And also take a look at this. His weighted on base percentage of both lefties and righties to lefties, 285 over the past month, and to righties, a 245. It's a good lineup here for the Yankees. The Yankees are hot, but I think Barrios can do enough to calm those bats. And then we take a look at the opposite side, looking for a nice bounce back, Cy Young award-winning possible game for mm. Garrett Cole in this one. 3.33 XFIP number over the past 30 days. He's done very well with his weighted on base percentages, 234 to lefties, 320 to righties. ISO power numbers are lower. And let's take a look at this game because you have everything that's going to deal with the playoffs here. But again, as I said, this is a Cy Young game for Garrett Cole out here. Probably going to be his last start of the season. What flavor do you want to leave out there? One that's going to be tasty. Seven innings, eight strikeouts, leave with the lead, or that bad taste in your mouth like, hey, man, you had this all to do over the last couple of weeks. You got lit up at home in a start. Now in the biggest moment of the season for a pitcher that makes all this money, supposed to be the ace and lead your team to the playoffs, you came up small in a big spot. This will be a fun one to watch. I lean towards the under in this game, Kevin. Baseball playoff atmosphere up in Toronto tonight. I'm glad you brought up the AL Cy Young because it's Garrett Cole on the mound today and it is Robbie Ray on the mound tomorrow. I wish these two were meeting. You could easily see a world where the winning pitcher would have been given the Cy Young award. That's fine, though, because Garrett Cole would be able to set the tone, as you're saying today. It'll be on Robbie Ray to respond, but maybe not again. Garrett Cole's had some ugly performances here. The ERA above a four during the month of September. Barrios is obviously a guy that they trust that they acquired for these kind of moments. He has a start under his belt against the Yankees in this month. Six and two-third innings of work, two earned runs, struck out eight batters. His strikeout prop is six and a half plus 126 to the over another big game on this board sticking with the al race why not the a's and the mariners the a's again road favorites the mariners remain hot it's montas it's gilbert and it's another low total donnie of seven and a half yeah, and to get that playoff atmosphere, I was wrong yesterday thinking that the Oakland Bats would wake up a little bit. It was actually the Seattle Mariners Bats that won the game and should have had even more runs. They just didn't hit with runners in scoring position. Let's take a look at this game because Montas over the past 30 days here, Kevin, a 4.48 XFIP, which is a little bit higher than the norm, a little bit higher than you would want. Strikeout rate pretty good, 25%. But here's where you dip into it again. There's not a lot of good bats here in the Seattle Mariners lineup, but it seems like when they need to get base hits, they have been clutch. Montas is a right-handed pitcher. Take a look at over the past 30 days in Major League Baseball what he has done from the left from him being a righty to left-handed batters. A 370 weighted on base percentage to lefties and a 235 ISO power number. Why is that important? Take a look at the predicted lineup tonight for those Seattle Mariners. Crawford lefty, Seeger lefty, Toro lefty, Kellenick lefty, Fraley lefty, Bowers lefty, Rayleigh lefty. You're going to get a lot of batters from the left-hand side, which even looking at the game, which, yes, the Mariners do have the athletics, you know, overall, you know, crosshairs all season long and can quite possibly throw the knockout punch if they haven't done it already. But I'm looking for the Seattle Mariners in a game that's probably going to be a little bit lower scoring. Mm. You're probably you're going to get a cheap number on this team total for the Mariners. Do I think they can win? Yes, but I'm more confident that their bats can do some damage against Montas from the left-hand side than anything in this game. So I'm looking at the Seattle Mariners team total to the over tonight, not the Oakland Athletics. The one thing is these teams have played quite a bit now over the past you know, week or so. This will be the seventh time that they've played. And it does feel like a lot of the times we've talked about the under. Six of those games, four of them have gone under the number of seven and a half that you see posted here. The other trend, though, and probably more important, the Mariners have won all six games here. That's why the Mariners find themselves in this spot right now to legitimately have a shout at making the AL wildcard races. They have beat 
the Oakland Athletics. They're going to look to do that once again here. Another game to bring up is the Cardinals and the Brewers. Cardinals are finally favored against Milwaukee. All it took was a 17-game winning streak, Donnie. The total is eight. Can the Cardinals make it 18 in a row? I think they can, but, you know, it's it's two concepts here of what you're trying to better against this game. Obviously, the statistics are the statistics here. You're going to bet against a pitcher. You're going to fade a pitcher. You're going to like one lineup. You might not like the other lineup. But let's take a look at the, you know, investment per se, in the Cardinals and what you anticipate them doing down the stretch. Because as we brought up already early on the show, Kevin, what do the Cardinals have left to do outside of the streak? The streaks are fun, but the same thing we equate to the NFL. Let's just say you have a team that's undefeated heading into week 16 in the past, week 17, now week 18 now. It was almost like, well, we're the top seed. Rest is important because the ultimate goal is winning a Super Bowl. Nobody's going to remember if we went unbeaten in the regular season but lost in the division uh, champ- the division round or the championship round because we got our quarterback hurt or our star running back or a couple cornerbacks hurt in the last game of the season. What do you want out of the Cardinals? What is their locker room perspective here? What is their mindset saying, do you want to continue this ridiculous hot streak and ride it out to see where it goes? Or is it time to get smart and say, we're in the playoffs. Let's get rested. Let's get ready for the Dodgers, per se, in that one-game playoff where our whole bullpen is healthy, our entire frontline starting pitching is available to us, and all our position players. Because if you're looking at that perspective, maybe you went out and partied a little bit last night because you clinched and some guys are going to get the day off. So for that reason, I'm looking towards the Milwaukee Brewers in this game. Two pitchers that can be hit in this mm. one. But sooner or later, that streak has to fail. And if we're not all in today like we've been over the past three weeks in that 17-game streak, yeah. I think it comes to an end tonight here. I will say, if you have been riding the Cardinals during this stretch, like even if it's been like six games, whatever it is, just keep going. But if not, Donnie mentioned some great points there on the Brewers. We've got to talk Braves-Phillies, even if it feels moot. Nola Freed, it's the last chance here, Donnie, for the Phils. They're a plus 120 dog in Atlanta. Yeah, plus 120 dog. Freed's on the mound of lefty, which usually gives the Phillies some problems here. And I expect more problems because this is an offense that runs hot and cold. And right now in a cold stretch, they actually got lucky last night to get a run. As you saw the ninth inning play out, a misplayed ball in left field allowed the door to be open where the Phillies could possibly take advantage of it. They were only able to get one run. They needed two at least to get the extra innings. But as we take a look at the lineups now, they look at Aaron Nola over the past 30 days, though. A 2.99 XFIP, striking out 35% of the batters he's faced here. He does get touched up a little bit from right-handed batters. And look at the lineup tonight that we're going to get from the Atlanta Braves. Just the ISO power numbers. Keep in mind, .170 is about the Major League Baseball average. There are eight batters that are going to come to the plate outside the pitcher in National League ballparks. Solaire, 267. Freeman, 169. Albies, 260. Riley, 193. Duvall, 403. Rosario, 291. Darano, 234. Dansby Swanson, the worst on the team, batting in the eighth, Lord, 062. It comes down to trust, Kevin. Do I think Aaron Nola is going to pitch a good game? Sure. Did I think Zach Wheeler was going to pitch a good game yesterday? I did. But the bats need to come up big, and Atlanta's lineup is just better than the Philadelphia Phillies, Kevin. It's as simple as that. To me, Donnie, I think the Phillies have one edge that's not been accounted for in this game, and that it would be a great birthday present for you if they won oh. this game. Folks, do make sure you go wish Donnie happy birthday on Twitter, at RightSideVP. He is the absolute mm-hmm. best. Maybe the Phillies could make his birthday a little bit better. Again, they're a happy birthday to my co-host. But I also have to switch over from some Major League Baseball talk back to the NFL. The breaking news on its way in. What a beautiful Uh way to kind of, you know, come full circle. We open the show, Richard Sherman, on a visit to the Bucs. Next thing you know, according to Richard Sherman, he is back and he is, Donnie, a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Yeah, we'll see how quickly he can get assimilated into that Tampa Bay secondary. Now, it is a Wednesday, so typically teams return to the practice field today. Game plans get installed. So if he takes the private jet, I don't really know where he was staying at this point. I assume he was probably up in the Seattle area or out in Los Angeles or in California. Quick flight over, get assimilated back in. That would be interesting stuff here. Another layer on this, you know, flame that's building towards playing this weekend <laughs> in New England with Tom Brady returning home with Rob Gronkowski and everything surrounding it. Richard Sherman, welcome to the party. A seven-point spread right now for the Pats and Bucks Sunday night football game 
It was six and a half. This thing feels like a runaway train. Everybody wanting to back Tampa Bay. And it is understandable why. And it's also understandable that Sherman probably wants a piece of this action. He'd love to beat Bill Belichick. He'd love to play in what is, again, no matter the final score, going to be one of the games of the year. This is going to be Tom Brady's return to Foxborough. He is going to break the all-time passing yards record in this football game, but potentially now another storyline will be Richard Sherman picking off Mac Jones. You can see it already. I anticipate Sherman jumping every single route in this football game. Whatever the price is on the interception prop, for Richard Sherman, you give it a little bit of a nibble here, Donnie, because if he is out there and available for this team, it probably works some way where he finds the ball in his hands. No, it, pr- it probably does. We'll, we'll see. And what type of shape is he actually in here? Does he get injured? You're, normally, when you sit out this long, you don't go through training camp. We know what happens, right? The cramping, the ankle injuries, the hamstring injuries happen. But I'm more intrigued more than anything in this game, Kevin. Because we've talked about it in the past. When Drew Brees set the touchdown record, the piece of paper that looks like they was used a Sharpie just to write on a number, almost similar to what you have in your Twitter profile and also what Will Chamberlain got. Hey, come up with something. I don't know. Write this down. Hold this up for a picture. Does Giselle come down in New England? Do all the family members come out? Does Bill Belichick come out? Does Julian Edelman appear from the stands and come out to midfield here? I'm willing to wait because there's two ways this can go. Because you know there's one guy in control of this ceremony. It's not the NFL. It's not Robert Kraft. It's Bill mm-hmm. Belichick saying, now, come on. I don't think that we can interrupt the game for this long. It's a great performance, Brady. Can we get back to it? That's what I anticipate happening mm-hmm. here. Because I, the fireworks shooting off as he breaks that record as Tampa Bay is already leading in the football game. Fascinating to watch. I can't wait to see this play out in prime time. The thing is, you know, Tom, I'm sure, is spending all week long watching tape, you know, figuring out the Pats' defense. The tape he needs to watch is the one where Breeze broke the touchdown passing record. That's the key. Make sure you break the yards record, not on a slant, not on a little screen pad. Throw a touchdown. That way they have a reason to stop the game, and we could do a nice little half-hour break where all of a sudden your family's on the field. That's what it's all about there. <laughs> no Still the most preposterous crazy. moment I think I've ever seen in the NFL was Drew Brees throwing a touchdown pass to break the record and the game just stopping, Donnie. It's just the game was over right then and there. I didn't I still don't understand how that happened, but I guess Drew Brees gets to do whatever he wants. He's gonna probably be calling the big Notre Dame game this week as well. So I'm sure Drew is pumped for that. Again, people, the most important thing we went over here on the early line. Donnie Wright Side's birthday. At Wright Side VP. Wish him a happy birthday. He absolutely deserves it. He is the absolute best. Up next, he'll be joined by Ariel Lepstein to let you know what is coming up on the morning after. Keep it right here on Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Last segment of the day for a Wednesday right here on the early line. Both myself, Donnie Wrightside, and Kevin Wall setting the table from 7 to 9, only to hand it off to the morning after. And Ariel Epstein along with Ben Stevens. Big doings in the NFL because just this morning, Ariel, Richard Sherman signs with those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good morning, Ariel. How you doing today? Good morning, Donnie Rideside. I know, I was looking at Richard Sherman for the Ravens. I was so disappointed that ah. they didn't decide to go and grab him. They need help with the secondary. However, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really do need help with the secondary, too. You look at all these games that they've played. They even let Atlanta stay in the game for the first half a couple of weeks ago. Dallas almost beat Tampa. They are struggling to tackle, and they are struggling to bring down these receivers. Richard Sherman brings a veteran presence at the least, Donnie. Yeah, need a little bit of that sticky tape here just to hold on to get some of the reserves back off of the injured reserve, but it should be a great night to watch Tom Brady return to Foxborough, maybe break an NFL record or two while he's up there, and you know he's going to be looking for Gronkowski in the end zone. Should be a sensational stuff, and we talk about needing help as the Buccaneers need help in the secondary. <sighs> My Philadelphia Phillies need help in every way, shape, or form versus the Atlanta Braves to try to take them down and get into the postseason. But a New York team handling their business, Ariel, up in the six versus Toronto. The Yankees look like they're going to get into the playoffs. The Braves, they look like they're getting in as well, Ariel. It does look as if right now with the Yankees taking a two-game lead into the front of the wild card spot, the Yankees should hopefully, as long as they don't implode, Make it in. I don't want to jinx it. I'm knocking wood. As for the National League East, again, I'm just frustrated because whoever wins the National League East is going to get to host a divisional game or a divisional series. And the, the second place team in the National League West is going to be sitting there in a wild card game. The San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers have been the teams to watch in the National League. I was watching those games until like 1, 1.30 in the morning here on the East Coast last night because I just wanted to see how frustrating it must be for the Dodgers that the Giants just can't lose. Amazing stuff. And a team going for 18 straight tonight. Stay tuned for Ari Epstein and Ben Stevens on the morning after right here on The Grid. The only place to turn for expert sports gaming strategies and information. But we just call it The Edge. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.